Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Increase the Reality with Shane Jones. What is up, inquirers, and welcome to the expanse of deep, open-minded conversation. I'm the one they call Shan, and in today's discussion, we skyfall into the phenomenon of alien abduction and the after-effects it can have on experiencers. Due to this, wonderfully understanding people like today's guest have formed support groups to help abductees and, in turn, have helped to further the research into who or what these beings could be and why they do what they do. But... Before we get into this awesome conversation today, of course, got to run through the front of house. So if you're not following the show on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, or Discord, highly recommend that you do. Uh, It's starting to pop off even more on the Discord, so I'm definitely pushing that more so than anything. If you're going to follow any of the pages, make sure you guys join the Discord because it's getting to a point where there's regular communication going back and forth between everybody, and we're finally getting to the point where we're starting to form a community. So if that sounds like something you want to be on the ground floor of, definitely go and check it out. Even if you pop in, see what it's all about. Uh, you know, If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the group, I would absolutely love to hear them. But again, the only way I'm going to do that is if you guys connect with me and we make all this work. But uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, or if you're interested in having me as a guest on your show, or if you're interested in sponsoring the show in some way, shape, or form, uh, you guys can get a hold of me through email, which is increaseofourrealitypodcast.outlook.com. Or you guys can get a hold of me on social media. Instagram is the one that I'm the most active on, but you guys can definitely shoot me a message on Facebook or Discord also. Uh, or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and uh, that will go directly to my email. Make sure you guys always check your spammer junk folders. Make sure nothing gets missed because I do respond to every single message that I get from all of you wonderful listeners out there. And if anybody wants to report an encounter, no matter how big or small it is, whether it's paranormal, extraterrestrial, uh, cryptid related, weird phenomenon related, time slip related, anything, anything at all that's weird, you guys can report your encounters to OMM 
encounter reports at outlook.com, or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form. I believe it's the third tab down that says report and encounter. And uh, depending on what you want to do with it, we can have some back and forth. Uh, either one, I can read on the show, give you a shout out, or I can leave your name out of it completely. Or if you're somewhere relatively close to me, uh, maybe I can get out and investigate it or research it. Or if you just want somebody to talk about with and you don't want it shared with anybody, it can definitely stay between us two. Uh, but it's there and I'm here to talk about it with you guys as much as you guys want to. And uh, if you guys enjoy this show, highly recommend going and checking out my other show, Bizarre Encounters, that I do with my awesome co-host, Oren. Over there, it's a little bit of a different format than this show. We definitely cover the same uh, types of topics, but uh, rather than it being a guest-related show, which we do have guests on the show here and there, but primarily it's Oren and my research into a bunch of different weird topics, obviously pertaining to uh, cryptids, paranormal, UFOs, extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings, weird phenomenon, all that fun stuff. Uh, we get a little bit off the rails on it sometimes. Some episodes are a little bit more serious, so if you guys want a good mix of all of that, uh, definitely recommend going and checking out Bizarre Encounters. And uh, while you guys are checking that out, uh, we are in the process also of dropping our Patreon exclusive show, which will be Bizarre Inquiries. And the whole premise of that show is that we want to be able to discuss what if type of scenarios. So if anybody has some what if scenarios they would like to pass forward to us, uh, definitely recommend getting a hold of me. It can be things such as uh, what if Mothman fought Sasquatch or what if uh, an alien invasion happened tomorrow or what if uh, we realized that there was a Stargate inside of one of the pyramids that anybody could go through. Um, any of that kind of stuff. If you guys have any ideas that you guys would like us to discuss, uh, shoot me a message. Let me know what it might be. I want to make sure we have a little database of that. And of course, if we discuss your question, we'll give you a big shout out in the show. And uh, that will, like I said, be a Patreon exclusive, but I'll probably still drop some clips onto YouTube and TikTok. Uh, but as far as the first couple episodes, it will be dropped on the normal feed for Inquiries of Our Reality and for Bizarre Encounters, so you guys can get a little bit of a feel as far as what we're doing over there. Uh, and if you guys want to keep tabs on everything that I do all in one place, make sure you guys follow Open Minds Media across social media. And uh, some of my pages, such as the YouTube, uh, the Discord, and the TikTok, are all just under Open Minds Media. Makes it a little bit easier for me because everything's all in one place. But other than that, the actual social media pages are, of course, all divided between the different shows and of course, I have the Open Minds Media page. Uh, and if you guys want to support the show, a couple different ways to do so. Uh, number one, of course, that I am trying to build up as much as possible to make it so that I can hopefully do this uh, full-time one day, be able to possibly drop uh, episodes for you guys daily, drop some daily video content for you guys, uh, make it so that I can live my dream and do exactly what I would like to be doing with life. Uh, again, go and join the Patreon. Uh, you get things over there such as early access to the show, ad-free episodes of the show, lives of the show, live replays of the show, uh, exclusive merch store discounts, uh, exclusive giveaways. Uh, there's some different poll options over there too. Uh, and if you guys have any suggestions as far as what you guys would like to see over on the Patreon, uh, I'm more than happy to take suggestions for that. Uh, we are working on some Patreon exclusive shows such as Bizarre Inquiries, like I mentioned, but it's going to be a lot more going on with the Patreon. So again, get on the ground level of that stuff and uh, help me so I can build up the show as much as possible in 2024. And uh, if you guys want to donate to the show directly, make it so that I can get out to more events, uh, get to meet more of you guys firsthand, create new pockets of listeners. Uh, you guys can donate through Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. And if you guys donate and it doesn't give you some type of option for a personalized message, uh, make sure you leave a personalized message. Uh, make it so that I can give you a shout out in the show. And no matter what it is, uh, more than appreciated. Even if you just want to drop enough in there to get me a coffee to keep me awake while I'm uh, doing some editing, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. But if you guys can't support the show that way, there are, of course, different ways. Um, you guys can also go and check out the Open Minds Media merch store. 
where you'll find stuff for inquiries of our reality, bizarre encounters, some exclusive uh, cryptid designs. Uh, still, again, trying to expand more over there, but uh, as far as designs and everything goes, uh, if you guys have anything that you'd like to see more, such as more of the cryptid designs, uh, definitely let me know, and I can definitely coordinate that. And uh, number four, the main, 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 huge way you guys can support the show too is through leaving reviews or ratings for the show on iTunes or Spotify iTunes or Spotify, which I appreciate more than you guys will ever know because it helps out the algorithm to make it so that more people are able to see the show and the show can continue to keep growing organically. Uh, and speaking of organic growing, another awesome way to help the show out is to uh, share the show through word of mouth. If you think there's anybody that would really enjoy listening to any of the topics we've talked about in the show, uh, even if you just want to get them slightly interested, you guys can go over to the YouTube or the TikTok, send people some clips of the show. Any of that is more than appreciated. And uh, if you guys want to support the show but not have to spend a dollar, that is the most fantastic way you guys could possibly do that. And in turn, like I said, get a shout out in the process for it. Uh, but if you guys aren't able to do any of those things, I more than appreciate you guys just being around listening to the show. Um, and if you are a regular listener of the show, you guys can also go on to uh, Spotify and hit auto download for the show. Um, I believe that it deletes within a couple days anyways, but it'll make it so that even if you don't listen every single episode, uh, it'll count it as a listen for the episode. And again, it'll continue to help the show uh, continue to grow. And uh, while we're talking about continuing to grow, of course, have to support my uh, friends out there in the community. Uh, number one, our new people that we're working with as far as increase our, re our reality and bizarre encounters is I know Squatch. And uh, Hans and Rick over there are dropping a lot of fantastic designs as far as particular to Sasquatch goes. Uh, they have the really cool creeper design where he's peeking out from behind the tree. Uh, they're always dropping some new awesome hats. Uh, if you guys watch any of the videos for anything that I drop, Orn and I are regularly wearing their hat design that says whoop across it with the silhouette of the Sasquatch. Uh, I know that they recently just dropped a new hat that's uh, some plaid print, uh, like the red lumberjack plaid print with their uh, running Sasquatch on the side of it, but they're always dropping some awesome, fantastic gear. So if you guys want to pick up some Sasquatch stuff, all my uh, Squatches out there, highly recommend going and checking out I Know Squatch because why believe when you know Squatch? And uh, past that, if you guys want to pick up any other type of cryptid gear, uh, no matter what it is, be it Wendigos, uh, the Goblins, Jersey Devil, Mothman, any of that, uh, one of the best guys out there on the market as far as all cryptid-related gear goes is Joe over there, Crypto Theology, continuously always dropping fantastic new designs. I know he dropped a good handful of new designs over Christmas, uh, so if you guys want some semi-Christmas-related stuff, uh, I know he has a lot of new stuff over there, and I know that he will be at home because he's on a little bit of a break as far as conventions go, so I'm sure that before you guys know it, there's going to be a lot of new awesome designs getting dropped over there. And uh, past that, of course, too, to all my paranormal investigators out there, highly recommend going and supporting Dimension Devices uh, and picking up yourself one of the Chattergeists, and it is an all-in-one paranormal investigating device. It's my personal favorite that I've used. I have it sitting right here in the drawer next to me, and anytime I go out and I do any type of paranormal investigation, it's the number one first piece of equipment that I'm always going to grab. And if you guys have any questions on that whatsoever, you guys can hit up Barry on Dimension Devices on Instagram. Uh, he's the guy specifically that programs it so we can answer any of your technical questions that you might have on it. And uh, if you guys decide that you guys want to scoop one for yourself, uh, make sure you use our affiliate link. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps out the show a lot, of course. And uh, let's uh, let's get some Chatter Guys sold because those things are fantastic devices and Barry worked really, really hard on them and definitely deserves it. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show.
Please welcome to the show, Chairman for Opus, uh, Les Verlez. How's it going today? Hey, thank you, Shane. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I've heard you on a couple other podcasts, and I found the conversation absolutely fascinating. So I figured it was about time to try to get you to come on this show, and then we can get into some interesting conversation. You got it. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I guess a good spot to start for anybody that might not be familiar with who you are, what you do, and what exactly Opus is. Uh, why don't you kind of give them a rough idea about everything that you do? Sure. Well, I think probably the best place to start is when I first got interested in, in this the paranormal area, <laughs> if you will. Uh, when I was 11 years old, uh, I was uh, living in Connecticut at the time, and uh, I uh, was coming in the house after feeding my dog, and it was already uh, dark, and I noticed this object that was just hovering over a tree line, and it was totally silent. It was oval in shape, and uh, it was self-illuminated, and uh, uh, it scared the hell out of me. And I ran in the house, and uh, by the time I was able to uh, get my father to come out, uh, it was gone. And he says, oh, it's probably just a beacon of light uh, reflecting off a cloud. And, of course, I didn't buy that. <laughs> and... Uh, Shortly thereafter, I went to the library and, and, and picked up some books on UFOs. And back in those days, uh, George Adamski was the, uh, the preeminent uh, um, experiencer and, and writer about UFOs and his experiences with the Venusians and his photographs and his books were phenomenal um, that he had taken with his telescope of these uh, craft. So anyway, I was really into it for a while. And then, you know, I, it kind of grew out of it. And kind of forgot about it and uh, went off to college and uh, <clears throat> went in the service and uh, spent some time there for a while and eventually got married. And uh, um, not, back in 1985, I uh, decided to move my family uh, from Connecticut out to uh, California, San Jose, and uh, picked up the San Jose Mercury News one day and um there was an article in there about uh, Stanton Freeman, this nuclear physicist that was coming to San Jose City College to talk about UFOs and the government cover-up. Well, it was like somebody threw a switch and I was totally, you know, wanted to uh, go see him speak and, and uh, expecting to see maybe only a handful of people at this uh, uh, presentation. To, the auditorium was packed and uh, he gave this incredible presentation. And uh, on my way out, uh, there was a, a table set up by MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, uh, which was founded in 1969 by a couple of engineers out of Texas. And uh, so they produce a monthly journal. And I decided, well, uh, this, this would be great. You know, I, I got to start reading about these cases and everything. I mean, I was just so, I was basically a nuts and bolts kind of guy back in those days. And uh, so I, I, you know, start to get the journal. And I did that for about, a, you know, maybe six to eight months. And then it wasn't enough for me. I decided I got to get more involved. And so MUFON has a, uh, a field investigator training course. So I took the course, I passed the test and I became a field investigator. And, uh, one of the, you know, one of the cases I, I got involved with, uh, the person said that they had not only seen this UFO, but that they had uh, contact with these non-human intelligences. Well, I must say I was quite skeptical at first, 
um, to hear this to, for the first time. And so I kind of disregarded it. But um, then I got involved with another case. And almost all the cases I got involved with seemed to run that way, that the person saw the object, but then they also said that they had contact with these non-human intelligences. And I said, holy smokes, <laughs> this, is, this is very significant. Something is really happening. And uh, one day, one of the people uh, that I was working with said, do you know of other people having experiences like that? And I said, yes, I do. And so next thing I know, I'm facilitating a support group in my office in San Jose. So um, <laughs> it was it was quite, quite interesting to uh, sit in on these sessions with these people and hear their stories, which were amazing, absolutely amazing. And uh, so... Um, I got a call from uh, the international director of uh, MUFON at the time and said, uh, this uh, reporter would like to interview an investigator and uh, he's in your area. So would you be willing to uh, talk with him? And I said, sure. So this guy was uh, involved with the Monterey Coast Weekly paper in uh, Monterey, California. And he came out and we had a long discussion and, uh, he wrote up this great article. He did a really nice job on it. And uh, shortly thereafter, I got a call from a woman down in Carmel, uh, California. And she said, I'd like to understand what's going on with my brainwaves when I'm in contact with these entities, these off-earthly entities. And I said to myself, well, you know, I don't know how I could possibly help her. But uh, then she said she was working with an emergency room doctor down in Carmel. And I had a doctor friend of mine, uh, Dr. Eugene Lipson, that uh, uh, was interested in connecting with other doctors that were interested in the phenomena. So I called him up and I said, look, why don't we go down there and, and talk to this lady and you can meet this doctor and we'll see, see what, you know, what will come of it. So uh, we went down there this one Saturday afternoon and uh, we walked in her house and there was a picture hanging on the wall. And it was her standing on the back of a, of a fairly large boat and uh, in beautiful crystal clear blue waters, uh, you know. And I said to her, I says, what's, what's that all about? What are, you, what are you doing? Well, I'm in the Caribbean and I'm helping these treasure hunters. And I'm saying, how, how are you helping the treasure hunters? And she said that I was in contact with the captain of the galleon that had gone down. And I said, oh, really? Well, that was the start of the afternoon where she started to tell us stuff about ourselves that there was no possible way that she, she could know us from Adam. And uh, we, we subsequently found out that after a near-death experience that she had had, um, she became very psychic. And this, this allowed her to have communications with these off-earthly entities. And, and she's, she, she wrote a number of manuscripts about these conversations that she had had. And one of them was with Jesus, which was really quite interesting. And uh, so uh, this, this is the kind of thing that we, we started to get involved with. And when we came away from that afternoon, um, we said to ourselves, how can we possibly help people? And that's when the idea of OPUS, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, was hatched. And in 1994, we officially became a 501c3 nonprofit organization recognized by the IRS, which always cracks me up. <laughs> paranormal and the IRS. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, 
you know, during these sessions uh, that we had, um, uh, there was m many, many really interesting uh, stories that these people were telling me. And one of the, one of the cases involved a, uh, a couple, and um, uh, they were amateur pilots, and they were uh, picnicking uh, in a state park uh, north of Santa Cruz. And uh, it was getting to be dusk, and they were coming out of the park. And, and this is a rather hilly uh, area. It, it goes from basically... Uh, sea level all the way up to maybe 600 or 700 feet so it, it is in a rapid uh, progression but they, as they were coming out of the park uh, they noticed this light over the pacific and the light got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was literally over their heads and it was basically a triangular craft about the size of a small learjet and uh, it slowly, silently uh, went behind where they were into this canyon. And they noticed another light over the ocean. And again, the same thing. This light got bigger and bigger and bigger until it was over their head. And again, it was another triangular craft. Well, the first one, they felt they were looking at it. The second one, they felt it was looking at them. And they became frightened. And uh, the same thing, this craft went into this uh, canyon behind them. And they had five more lights over the ocean. And at that point, they, they, uh, they started to feel robotic in nature. They started to drift uh, seemingly down this path. And this path is, is rocky. It, it, it's, it's dark even during the daytime. So uh, and at dusk, it, it's probably almost pitch black. And uh, they, they seem to be able to navigate it quite effortlessly effortlessly and so they, they ended up down at their car um you know and the last thing that they remember was three hours later they were sitting in a restaurant north of that park which normally would only take 10 minutes to get to this restaurant from this park but it they had three hours of missing time so they did come to uh, our, our meeting, and after this experience, they both developed a rash in their, in their genital area. And um, so they had gone to their, I think his doctor first, and the uh, doctor says, well, uh, it, it's not poison ivy or poison oak. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, and, uh, and then they subsequently went, I believe, to her doctor, and he says, well, it might be some reaction to something because it doesn't look like, again, any poison ivy or poison oak, which is prevalent in that park where they were. Um, so maybe they were <laughs> having fun up there or something, but it wasn't due to that. And so uh, they took a picture of, of, of this rash and they showed it uh, to, the, to the support group. And um, almost without exception, they all said that they had a similar rash at one time or another uh, after these, you know, uh, abductions or experiences. And uh, one of the people in the group says, well, I think I know what that's from. And, of course, we all, you know, sat there saying, okay, what, what do you think? And says it's a reaction to the fluid that they dip you in to sanitize you when they bring you on board the craft. Well, that was quite a revelation. And... Uh, this, this incident happened over 30 years ago, and I literally got a call about three months ago from them. And uh, following up after all that time, 
And now they're starting to remember things, you know, w- without going uh, under regression or anything. They're starting to consciously remember things. And she vividly now remembers that she was dipped in a fluid uh, on, on board the craft. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's, again, quite a, quite a revelation and quite a confirmation of the fact that something did, did occur. Uh, so, uh, and those are the kind of things that you, you hear over and over again uh, w- with these people. So, um, another thing happened in the uh, support group uh, uh, one time uh, near the end of it. Uh, one of the people in the group said to me, I've seen you before. I said, oh, really? Where? At a UFO conference? I said, no, no, no. I saw you on board the craft. I said, really? Oh, that's interesting. And uh, I kind of blew it off. I didn't think much of it. Um, and then uh, it was like a year, year and a half later that uh, a totally different person said the same thing. You know, I've seen you before. And I said the same thing, like, where, a UFO conference or what? No, no, no. You were sitting on this bench naked on board the craft and you were freaking out. And they told me to go over to you to calm you down. <laughs> well, at that point, I decided, okay, I'm going to go get regressed because consciously I didn't have any recall of such a thing. And I had three separate regressions and uh, didn't find out anything along those lines, but I found multiple past lives that I was involved with. And um, I had a conversation with another person uh, shortly thereafter, after these regressions, and they, they said that, well, maybe this person somehow tapped into a past life where probably you were abducted, and, and, and this kind of thing happened. And that's something that that is not unusual, because they seem to be able to manipulate space and time. And uh, uh, with that uh, ability, uh, who's to say that these things are, are not possible? I mean, they can, you know, bring you back before they abduct you, you know? <laughs> I mean, all kinds of crazy, you know, time shifts and, and, and time dilations and, and, and things of that nature. If they can manipulate, you know, our reality in that way, then uh, who's to say that uh, any of us or uh, have had uh, these types of experience. My, my latest theory on all this, okay, so some people will think I'm crazy thinking this way, but the bottom line is I believe we've all had experiences and most of us consciously don't remember them. And these can be lucid dreams. They can be uh, all types, you know, uh, out-of-body experiences, all these types of things which really uh, speak to the fact that there is a different reality. We're dealing with a different reality, uh, and that uh, it, it it is it's something that is not unusual. It's very common, and uh, you know the Roper Organization back in 1992 uh, released a report saying back in those days, like it, just in the U.S., there might have been six million people that have had experiences. Well, go fast forward in time, and this is a worldwide phenomena. And it continues to happen on a daily basis. Uh, it hasn't slowed down. If anything, it's 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 increased. And uh, this is something that, uh, in some cases, in most cases, it seems to be a, a positive uh, thing for people. Yes, there are definitely cases which are horrible. They're terrible. Uh, but luckily, it's it's a smaller percentage. And so these are the kind of things that. Uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with, uh, and that's what Opus is all about. 
the Organization for Paranormal Understanding uh, and Support. Our mission, simply put, is to help people having paranormal experiences. And, uh, and how we do that is uh, basically three ways. Um, we have a confidential international online support group. And we have almost 400 people in the support group now from around the world that are talking to one another 24-7. And uh, this has proved to be probably the most helpful thing because these people then understand that they're not alone, that there are other people having these types of experiences because oftentimes they cannot talk to family members. They can't talk to fellow workers. They can't talk to clergy uh, in fear of being thought of as being crazy. And a lot of these people have already gone to a psychologist or a psychiatrist because they think they're going crazy, you know, having these experiences. And they find out that they don't have a psychopathology. They're totally sane. And so then what? What the hell do you do with that? You know, uh, you know where do you turn uh, for support? And uh, so the second thing that we do is we have a referral network of mental health practitioners and uh, hypnotherapists that we can, we can recommend uh, to people if that's what they're looking for. And then the third thing that we do, we have a triage group called our Experiencer Support Team. These are people that are very familiar with the topics and are able to talk to these people when they come to us and uh, ascertain what it is that they're really looking for. You know, what kind of help are they looking for uh, with these experiences? And so... And, and the amount of information that comes out is is phenomenal. Uh, and again, we don't publish anything along those lines. Uh, we this we, we maintain confidentiality. This is a sacred thing for us that we don't we don't want to spill any any beans, so to speak, uh, when with with these people that most people don't want to be, uh, you know, outed, if you will. Uh, because it's you know it could be detrimental to their their well-being and and uh, their jobs and and you know other things. So, uh, but uh, we've we've managed over these years since 1994 to continue to help people in this regard. Well, yeah, that's an absolutely beautiful thing, especially considering that you know most of the time when people are trying to ask somebody about an abduction experience. It's more often than not just about like trying to collect the story more so than anything. So there's not a lot of places out there that are really offering support on it and nothing past that. So, I mean, I think you guys are probably honestly the only ones out here that are doing something like that. And uh, I also want to kind of bring up the comment as far as uh, you, you mentioned that there was a triangle tra uh, craft. And mm -hmm. when it comes to like the triangle craft versus the circular craft, I know a lot of people have some theories as far as like one might be some type of like government technology and then the other one might actually be extraterrestrial technology. Um, but going into the kind of like that split, you also mentioned that some people have the good experiences. Most people have the good experiences while some people have the bad experiences. Do you think that might be kind of where a split might be um, as far as like what might be government related abduction versus extraterrestrial abduction yeah i think that that that's a good question shane and 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 i think that uh, we don't have definitive answers on this unfortunately uh and and that in this field there's not a lot of answers you know that we can actually say this is it this is exactly what it is well we just all we can do is surmise that uh, that's a possibility and yes i've heard that that the triangular craft are probably ours 
uh, <laughs> our technology, if you will, as opposed to theirs. And uh, but I think that uh, that that's it could be also a mixture. I mean, just like you know, I mentioned good versus bad. I mean, we got good people here on this this earth, and we've got some pretty bad people on this planet. And uh, the same thing goes on uh, with regard to the, our visitors. Uh, I think there's there's different factions that are uh, out there, maybe competing and and uh, and, and trying to do various things. Uh, some good and some not so good. And uh, and uh, we just we just hope and pray that uh, the good guys win. You know, yeah, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I you know, I, I, unfortunately, uh, as I said, we we just don't have definitive answers to a lot of this stuff. We we just don't. All we can do is, you know, make guesstimates about it. But uh, yeah. And I know that a lot of stuff also gets covered up with like screen memories, for example, too, which I'm sure that may be what happened in your case, unless you get into the whole time dilation concept that maybe in your timeline that you're currently in, it hasn't happened yet. And it's something that happens to you maybe a couple years from now. But when you're up on the UFO, time doesn't necessarily play out the same way that like we imagine it, like from our perspective. Sorry, yeah, I totally ahead. agree with that. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, as I said, that they seem to have the ability to uh, manipulate space and time, and 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 so with that kind of capability, anything anything is possible. Anything is possible. And then, just out of curiosity, also, um, again, I know a lot of stuff does get covered up by screen memories, but like a prime example, uh, you talk about like the Pascagoula abduction. And there was the two main beings that they saw outside. Then there was the female one that was inside the UFO. And if you read the actual transcript reports from uh, one of the abductee that was actually on the table, uh, he mentions that he had seen something that almost looked like uh, like a mask, like a on the, the neck of the female. Um, have you right. had any experiences where you've talked to people that have mentioned similar things like that, that maybe that's kind of where things start to separate, um, that more than likely the ones that look like they had that edge might actually be like the government intervention? Yeah, there, there's, uh, there was a case that I worked on uh, years ago that uh, produced some incredible, incredible uh, pictures. Uh, and, and these pictures came about uh, by the... Um, the uh, forensic artist for the San Jose Police Department uh, interviewing uh, this this person that had these creatures uh, come into his house in a rather uh, secluded area of uh, southern San Jose, uh, the Uvis area, and um, they they were actually they definitely looked like they were wearing masks, and and their headdress they had this like green string coming out the top of their head. It was like a wig, but a green string. And and it was the most bizarre case I had ever seen as far as these things, obviously not, not showing their real face. It, it was it, like a mask. It was like a mask. And, and so, and this guy was an engineer. So I mean, he was he was pretty well grounded. I mean, and and the stuff that was happening on his property, um, and um, I had the good fortune to uh, actually go out to his place with a, a gentleman um, who has a, a very interesting capability. He 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 can see entities, 
And and uh, so I, I took him out there because of the fact that what we felt that there might be a portal out there, uh, that these entities were coming through. Um, and uh, so we got to the property, and uh, first thing, when we got there, almost within about five, ten minutes, he says, there's a portal right over there, and I can see these entities in there. They're, they're in there, and now they, they've seen us, and now they're like scrambling. <laughs> they're, just, they're trying to get out of that area, viewing area. Um, this was a case that actually got written up uh, by uh, a number of really well-known researchers at the time. And uh, uh, the drawings that came out of this case were, were, were really significant. Uh, uh, so... Uh, but that that's that's probably the best case that I got involved with, uh, where it, it seemed like th- this was not their their true appearance. They were hiding something. Now, whether or not whether or not this was uh, a government related, or was this just a, an attempt on their part to I, I would not even try to guess why they would have a mask on. You know, in this case, what was the purpose of that? You know, whether it was or might have been some kind of device, uh, you know, some technologic technology that uh, they needed to utilize to be able to interface, you know, in this plane or something. Who knows? Your your imagination can run wild on on (laughs) some of this stuff. That's for sure. I mean, as far as uh, the possibility of it maybe not being government intervention, but like them actually wearing masks. Um, I've kind of pondered the idea, like kind of like you mentioned, if it's some type of tool, um, like maybe it's something that makes it so that they're able to like breathe in this reality, for example, or coming on to like a whole different other perspective of it. um, You think about like what we're doing as far as like war amongst humans, that we're creating drones, we're sending things overseas. And the whole intention is that eventually, you know, the battlefield isn't going to be have any actual humans on it anymore. It's going to be all different types of drones and different types of technology. So assumably, if there is an advanced race of beings, another culture, you know, maybe they're already past the point where they're not using like robotics, but rather they're using uh, like organic uh, drones, essentially, to be able to come to this reality. And, uh, you know, maybe some of those are a little bit outdated and why that comes off the appearance of them wearing a mask might be because maybe it is some type of created robotic and it's maybe just like a suit that goes over it possibly. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's it's totally possible. I mean, look, look at where our technology is now and then these, these entities are supposedly mil- maybe millions of years ahead of us. I mean... I mean, this is like with Arthur, Arthur C. Clarke has, has said, you know, that this technology can look like magic to us, you know, <laughs> and and, uh, and it, it's certainly the case, I think, that uh, uh, with with their capabilities that uh, it does look like magic. Oh, my goodness. You know, this. Uh, how can they possibly do that? You know, how do they go through walls? How do they take you through a wall or through the ceiling, you know? They rearrange your molecules or your atoms, and, you know, they're able to literally bring you through. That's another case that I got involved with uh, where this uh, couple was were coming back uh, from dinner, I guess. Uh, it was uh, dusk, another case around dusk, which is interesting. Uh, and they noticed in this field this rather large orb uh, with the 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yellow, excuse me, orangey, reddish uh, color emanating from the bottom of it. And and that's, the you know, and they, they kind of just... All of a sudden, together, they, they once they looked at it, they turned their head back and they drove to their to their their home, and um, actually, it was a, it was a trailer uh, that it, it, this guy was a uh, a park ranger, and uh, uh, and uh, they had like another three hours of missing time after they saw this thing. It was like 5.45 or something in the afternoon and then they showed up at the trailer around 9, 9.30 <laughs> and they don't recollect anything during that period of time. But that night, uh, they were visited. Uh, the woman saw these entities come th- come through the wall, take take the, the her her boyfriend it was it wasn't her husband it was her boyfriend uh, through the wall and he was he was cognizant of the fact that he was being taken and he was kicking and screaming and but they they got him they they took him and they and that's the last thing she remembers seeing that happen and the next morning um, he was totally freaked out uh, she 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 they found blood on her uh, and uh, they had a German Shepherd dog, and that d- dog was knocked out when this whole thing was happening. Um, and uh, he he freaked out to the point where he just basically disappeared. He took off. He just couldn't handle it. And and so that that relationship didn't last because of that. Uh, but I mean, there's just many stories like that where you know they're able to manipulate uh, our physics in some way, shape, or form that uh, they can do those kind of things. I mean, it's it's quite dramatic, quite dramatic. I'm glad you brought that up actually because I've had a theory that I've been kind of bouncing around with a few people as far as how that might be a possibility that they're doing that, and I'd love to get your opinion on it too. Um, so. From watching a bunch of different videos of different UFOs um, where they do this weird thing where they seem like they're solid and then they'll split off and they'll look almost transparent within all the different areas that they split off in. Uh, My kind of theory on it as far as that goes is that I think it's possible that these things have some type of technology that, you know, if you break things down to the smallest detail, it's little little, uh, atoms that are vibrating at a certain pitch or frequency. So I've kind of wondered if they have some type of technology or device that makes it so that they're able to vibrate at a different frequency than at what our reality exists in. So rather than them actually becoming like translucent or actually able to like walk 
through stuff like how we would perceive it. It's rather that they're still solid, but they're vibrating at a different pitch or frequency. So then the particles are actually interacting or touching each other on a microscopic level, and then they're able to pass through things. And when it comes to the aspect of like where the UFOs was split off into a couple different uh, UFOs off of one solid one, um, my also theory on that is it's a little bit more advanced past that, that maybe they're able to separate the particles into three different areas on top of being able to vibrate the particles at a different frequency, that it'll make it look like there's three UFOs when it's all the atoms and particles from one UFO, but just split into three different versions at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, I think that the you know, the theory that uh, we're we're dealing with uh, entities that are basically vibrating at a different frequency. I mean, you know, they they could be in your room right now or in my room right now, you know, standing behind me, but they're they're vibrating at a different frequency, so we can't see them, and uh, and it's 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 another reality that uh, is in existence, and it's been here, you know. You know, another dimension. You know, we talk about string theory and, and uh, the various dimensions that exist, and so that we they could be existing simultaneously, but they're all vibrating at different uh, frequencies, uh, and so I, I think it's totally possible that uh, that's a technology that they've been able to uh, manipulate uh, in order to do the kind of things that uh, that they're doing. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's a valid theory. <laughs> it's a valid theory. And I mean, just kind of elaborating on that one a bit more too, you know, who knows what this technology could potentially be capable of, even when you were talking about how almost everybody has could potentially have a UFO abduction experience. And some of it may happen in the aspect of like astro travel. And when you have these experiences where people will uh, astro travel and then they'll get sleep paralysis after, and they'll see these like shadow people type beings around them. Um, either one Maybe, again, it's another way that they're able to exist in our reality, and those aren't actually shadow people, but rather they're UFOs, or possibly it's a screen memory that when you get abducted, you're sitting on a table, you're paralyzed, and you're surrounded by different things that are trying to run whatever experiments or whatever their intentions are that they're trying to do, but uh, rather than you having that image of what actually happened, they fill it up with a screen memory that is something that exists amongst folklore of humans that they know everybody's going to go, oh, it's a sleep paralysis thing, and they won't necessarily connect it with extraterrestrials or UFOs when, again, all these people that are having these uh, sleep paralysis experiences might actually be having uh, UFO abduction experiences. Yeah, and and you bring up sleep paralysis, you know, Two-thirds of all cases, whether uh, in the bedroom uh, or not, did not involve sleep paralysis, though. That's the other side of this coin. Um, um, and, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the debunkers talk about false memory syndrome and uh, things like uh, fantasy proneness and, and things of that nature. But, no, p- people are, exhi- you know, having experiences that uh, are significant and uh, – uh, I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, like I say, most of these cases do not involve sleep paralysis, but uh, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there as, uh, you know, something that uh, what we've really uh, found in, in most of our research that we've done. And we've done a number of studies uh, along those lines, uh, 
back in 2009, uh, we produced uh, what we call the Omega-3 study, where we took 71 people that claimed that they had uh, contact with non-human intelligences and 51 people as a control group. And, you know, we found out that these people did not have a psychopathology. They weren't crazy. They didn't have uh, fantasy proneness. Uh, uh, When they came back from these experiences, their worldview changed in a positive way. That uh, And the stories that they were being told were like, we need to be better stewards of the planet we need to be more loving we need to be better to one another which is wonderful stuff we also found out that the, there was a temporal lobe activity that was different uh in these people and uh, uh versus the the control group uh, and so uh, dr gary nolan from stanford university has done some amazing uh, research and found out that an area in the caudate putamen area there's a lot more connections where these people that have psychic ability uh being able to uh communicate uh uh you know telepathically uh things of that nature um and and so this is, I think, an evolutionary process that's going on right now. And maybe they're involved with making that happen. Uh, Dr. Nolan also talked about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, geologists uh, talk about the fact that the, the Earth is uh, 4.5 uh, uh, billion years old uh, and that uh, the uh, our human genome changes, mutates about every six, 600,000 years. And uh, based on that, he says, based on where we are now versus supposedly where we started, it would mean that the Earth should be at least 9 billion years old or somebody was messing with our genes way back when. And that's another theory that's very interesting and exciting, I think, that uh, I think there has been some manipulation going on uh, eons ago. And uh, we've been in contact with, you know, and they've been in contact with us for eons. What do you think the possible connection could be as far as like why they're manipulating the genes? Do you think it's a matter of they're trying to improve the human genes or do you think possibly they're trying to like isolate something specifically that they may be find useful? Yeah, I think that uh, it, it's sort of like a, a class experiment <laughs> that, uh you know they've they've been following us for for eons and uh, and they that's why you know you know there's people the bunkers like to talk about well if they're so smart all they need to do is take one of us or you know check us out and then you know see you later we don't, we're not interested anymore well i think the bottom line is that they're very interested because they have done some manipulation and and that they're they're following their experiment and continuing to uh, uh, you know add nuances to it you know and i think that uh, uh telekinetic capabilities uh, psychic abilities uh, telepathic communication psych all this stuff all of a sudden is starting you, you're hearing more and more about it it's like more and more people are having that capability and and so i i think that uh, if, if you you were running an experiment you'd certainly want to continue to follow uh, the results and, and and also i think it's like you have you have it's it's like a school it's like a school where okay students we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're going to let's take what we do here we we go into the ocean out in the ocean and we we take a dolphin out of the water okay out of their environment uh, we take blood we do measurements 
uh, we tag them. <laughs> how, how does that sound like implants? Does it sound like implants? <laughs> and, uh, uh, and and so the, and then a year later, we're back out there again, and uh, we we find this same dolphin. We we have a tracker on him, and uh, we pull him out of the water, measure them, take blood again, and 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 it and they keep doing this because they have a new class of people. Uh, you know, the next generation of, of entities, if you will, that need to understand what's what's going on. So it's an educational process for them as well. So <laughs> it, it's just like what we do here. It's not it's not any different, except they're at the top of the food chain and we're not. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up and described it that way, because that's kind of how I've always seen it as far as like implants go, that it's almost like essentially what we're doing to animals. Um, you know, the same thing you do to like fish, just tracking them to a certain extent. Um, but as far as um, the implants go, have you noticed that there's any type of uh, like correlation as far as when somebody has increased psychic abilities, is it something that happens before they get an implant? Or do you think that the implants might be dual purpose and actually increase maybe some of the psychic abilities so that they're able to track and maybe they're able to, again, add, add extra abilities to humans almost as like a test subject? Yeah, I think the implants are, are probably not as complicated as that. I think I think what it is, is it's, it, it can be a tracking device and a monitoring device because I've heard people talk about the fact that they're monitoring pollution levels in us and, 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 and things of that nature because they do seem to be concerned about the, our environment uh, in, in many cases. These people that have come back after being uh, taken and uh, had an experience that they, they, they're left with this message that we need to be better stewards of the planet, we need to be better to one another. And so I think if they're that interested in, in that, then they're, they're monitoring what's going on in our bodies. And then, of course, it's a tracking device. And, you know, the late Dr. Roger Lear uh, did a fantastic thing. He had 17 uh, people there where they removed these implants. And let me just read you what, what he found. I mean, this, this is interesting stuff. He says, first of all, there's no inflammatory rejection reaction by the body to these foreign objects, which is very unusual. You know, you get a splinter in your finger. Next thing you know, it's swelling up and it's, it's red and it hurts. Okay. There's no visible portal of entry. Collections of specialized nerve endings surrounding the object. An outer coating of ceramic biological material. A metallic phase where inorganic metal becomes biological tissue. The emission, this is an interesting one, the emission of radio waves, which are deep space frequencies in the FM band. Electromagnetic fields in excess of 10 milligauss. Composition of meteoric iron 66. No, I was going to mention, too, you are talking about the uh, electromagnetic fields that are given off by this thing. That's why I was starting to think that, you know, maybe these devices might actually increase um, telepathic abilities through extending the electromagnetic field that each person has around them. Maybe it makes it so that they're able to grasp onto more things around them too. So maybe, you know, it, maybe it's not necessarily an intention of the device, but it might be a side effect of the, of the device. Exactly. Exactly. Um, rare earth metals such as U-236, a single isotope of uranium existing by itself, as well as elements such as iridium, which is very rare and hard to find on the Earth's crust. Most of that comes from, you know, uh, me meteors that have impacted uh, the, uh, the planet. Non-terrestrial isotopic ratios indicating involved elements did not come from Earth. 
Well, there you go. That's evidence, folks. That is absolute evidence that these things are not done by us. This, this, this is them doing this. So anyway, and it goes on. There's a few more things that are just, you know, remarkable in his findings. Uh, it's the, his book, The Alien and the Scalpel, uh, was a great book about, you know, and he had this uh, submitted to some really high-end labs, uh, the analysis that was done. So uh, I think that, uh, that that's a great read. By the way, talking about books, <laughs> I, I wrote one a couple of years ago that's on Amazon called The Unknown Other and the Existential Proposition of Alien Contact. And basically what it is, is it, it, it goes through um, briefly what Opus does, but also it, it, it talks about the experiences that the, these uh, people are having and all the physical and psychological effects uh, of these uh, events. Uh, as far as your... Uh, your um your book goes. Uh, I, I guess I kind of want to make sure that I kind of bring it full well round around to it. Um, what it, what sure. inspired you to uh, write the book? Well, I think what I felt, I mean, I wrote the book during COVID shutdown. And so I'm sitting here saying, you know, I've been thinking about writing a book for a long time and just never have had the time. Uh, and so this COVID thing really gave me the opportunity to sit down and you know, put pen to paper and, and start really putting my thoughts down. And I, I felt it was important to put something out there that really talks to not just the stories, although I have like 25 stories from experiencers in the book as well. Uh, these are people that are uh, in our support group that have been talking, you know, 24-7 with one another, uh, telling their stories. And some of them are very interesting stories. And uh, I thought that, <clears throat> especially for people that aren't, you know, very well, war well versed in the topic, <laughs> well versed in the topic, uh, that uh, they needed some kind of a, a guide as far as, you know, when people talk about it, what does that mean? Or what are the physical effects that go on, you know, besides implants? Uh, and we talk about the hybrid program and, and things of that nature. So it's 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 like, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that people understood that here we are. These people are looking for help. All right. And uh, we we have an organization that can help them. But this is why they need the help. And th these are the factors going on from the psychological uh, and the physical. And uh, and then, you know, theories about the fact that, you know, what are we dealing with? And I, th I talk about the uh, uh, the Nimitz, uh, uh, you know, uh, incident uh, where, you know, these jets were scrambled and they saw these tic-tac-type uh, uh, objects. And and now, you know, the latest, you know, with uh, Grush and his congressional hearings and, and things of that nature. I mean, it's it's I, I was so excited, you know, this year with all the revelations that have come forward. And and we're, we're running into some some difficult times right now and trying to get some teeth into the bill that Schumer just uh, put out there. But uh, uh, I, I think that uh, it's a step in the right direction and, and it's going to take time, unfortunately, because there's a lot of people in, in higher places that don't want this information to come out. 
Because, and why, why would that be? Well, because we do have the crashed UFOs. We do have the alien bodies, we, you know, and, and we probably have figured out some of the technology. And uh, uh, right before um, uh, the uh, COVID shut everything down, I, I, I was able to have lunch with uh, Lou Elizondo and uh, had a fascinating conversation with him over lunch uh, about the technology and that they feel that they understand the technology and how how it how they're manipulating it and how they're doing it and if if he if he you know was not blowing smoke up my tailpipe which i don't think he was uh, that's pretty significant that's pretty significant and uh, so it's very possible that uh, we are dealing with uh, craft from them and craft of ours as well so uh and that i would see see that uh, or say that uh that fact alone would be something that we would not want our enemies uh, to understand because it could be very vital if we do go to war in a big way uh to helping us uh, uh take care of our our foes so uh, I want to make sure that I'm able to get back around to it before I run out of time, because you mentioned hybrids, and that's sure. definitely something that fascinates yeah. me. So I want to make sure we keep a little bit of time for that. Uh, but as far sure. as like the new recent UFO disclosure stuff goes, um, what's mm-hmm. kind of your views on it as far as do you think that it's the government intentionally wants to control the narrative and kind of intentionally let stuff out? Or do you think it's more so a matter of it's getting to the point where they can't hide things and things are starting to slip through the cracks now? And or I guess another possibility, too, is that they're trying to be open about this to possibly hide their technology within it and make everything look like it's UFOs when they're actually testing out their technology. But like, what, what's your opinion as far as like yeah, the, the yeah. motivation I, behind I, the I it, disclosure? Yeah. I, I, I think you've hit on every possibility uh, that it could be. Um, and uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, um, this whole thing started with, uh, you know, this leaked uh, video footage uh, from the uh, 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 gun camera uh, footage of these uh, F-16s or F-18s. And um, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's it's remarkable stuff, and 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 Lou Elizondo was at the at the head of this thing and saying, "Hey, look, this stuff is going on. It could be a threat, and it's already caused some issues uh, with uh, you know safety safety issues. Um, and and so if we don't understand what this is, then that that's a problem. And that's how he got Congress to start to open their eyes and." Uh, start to look at this phenomena in a serious way and and uh, that's the only and i think that was strategically a, a good move on his part to to put it into the realm of hey from a security standpoint this could be a real problem and and we need to get on top of this and better understand it which i think our government probably does in in you know some uh, military industrial complex somewhere uh probably do understand it a hell of a lot better than what what they've told us about and so yes i think that there's there's you know a number of factions going on and some of them don't want any of this to come out some of them want it to come out and then there's somebody in between that uh, well we can let out some of this uh the the old drip method you know we're going to let them have a little bit of this a little bit of that you know and over time you know 
after we figure out how to best do this, we'll, we'll, you know, open up our kimono, so to speak, and show everybody what we got. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's, it's going to be uh, something that is going to continue to always leave questions to be asked. Uh, but again, getting back to Grush and his uh, presentation and Graves and, and uh, uh, the two pilots that also in that congressional hearing that, these are these are guys with great credentials. I mean, you know, they're not they're not up there. You know, they're risking a lot. I mean, just doing what they did, and uh, and and so if we've got the craft and we've got the bodies, then okay. So now what? And now now what do we do with this information? You know, and so I think that's where we need to understand. Okay, so are we? Do we ha- truly understand the technology now? And if that's the case, then that would be a big revelation in and of itself. Uh, but whether or not we've been able to uh, do something with it, that's a whole nother ball game. And, uh, and and we're not only talking about you know craft in a way of you know solid craft. We're talking about interdimensional type things. We we're talking about orbs. We're talking about poltergeist activity. We're talking. I mean, all kinds of you know, the paranormal covers a whole plethora of things i mean you know spiritual awakening kundalini awakening uh uh you know demons angels you name it it's it's all possible and uh we we truly don't fully understand most of this most of this if anything to tell you the truth but it's happening it's happening to people it's happening uh, to pilots, it's happening to many other uh, people in the military, uh, and I know that uh, this abduction phenomena is something that the, our government is also involved with. They they know they know that these types of things, and they've interviewed many abductees and and, and interrogated them, if you will, um, and uh, so it's uh, it's something that. Uh, needs a lot more uh, attention and hopefully uh, our the people in in our government will someday realize that uh, it's not going to hurt the population you know because there's all kinds of stories about the fact well if we really op- you know tell the people that well yes the aliens are here and and this is what's going on it's going to freak a lot of people out well it might freak out some people uh, i i, I fully aware of that but i think 70 to 80 percent of the people would be perfectly fine with it matter of fact they would probably just say oh i knew it all the time <laughs> i knew it all the time they're, they're here yeah yeah my neighbor by the way is, is an alien <laughs> <laughs> see that's that's uh i was going to bring it into like the hybrid process that maybe that's actually a two-sided concept that it's not just the extraterrestrials trying to figure out how to hybridize with humans or the humans trying to figure out how to hybridize with aliens but rather that Maybe it's a long-term game that their intention is that they want to be able to just blend the two species and then in turn they can blend the technology and the disclosure would be extremely, extremely slow and soft, but eventually they wouldn't necessarily have to create disclosure in the aspect that we're all thinking of it as, but rather that we'll all mm-hmm. blend together and then they have an excuse for why this technology exists, why people have this ability. So it's like they never actually say, oh, it's extraterrestrial. It's just, oh, we started developing right. and this is what we are now. <laughs> No, Shane, I, I, that's that's a great concept, and 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 I think that's that's something that uh, has been posited by a number of people out there. That the fact that eventually we will be them, 
<laughs> you know, and 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 so there won't be a big deal about disclosure. Yeah, and and supposedly we we have a number of hybrids already in places in government that are you know pretty high ranking and 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 such. So, um, and I think maybe that's another reason why this thing has got the uh, impetus that it does have. Um, but I, I think that's a that's a good concept. I I agree with you on that one. That's good. Just out of curiosity, too, I'm sure that it's probably one of the main things that you end up talking about in your support groups because I feel like it would cause the most trauma. Um, but as far as people that have possibly had these experiences where, you know, they have like their they become pregnant after an abduction and then it gets taken from them a couple months later. Um, have you talked to anybody in any of the support groups that maybe have an understanding of the reasoning behind this from the extraterrestrial side, maybe through, you know, doing regressions or possibly picking anything up like telepathically well, from the one extraterrestrials? Of, one of our, one of our board members, uh, Geraldine Orozco, she's, she's had 21 children and been on board the craft and, uh, been involved with them and uh, in a significant way. Um, and you can go on our website, uh, opusnetwork.org, and uh, you can go into our board members and you can read her bio. But uh, she's, she has a website on her, of her own uh, where she talks about all of this. Uh, it's very significant and, and, and it's not uncommon to, to have women that have had, you know, pregnant one day and and not the next and and no explanation for why you know because the baby was far enough along that it just wasn't going to be absorbed uh by the mother uh but it was obviously taken and and these are things that are part of the hybrid process where they're they're taking these babies and then manipulating genes i i suppose at that point and and uh uh, David Jacobs has written a book uh, recently uh, in, in the, his most recent book, and he talks about these things. They've got this uh, hybridization process down to to a, a fine uh, fine point that uh, he, he calls them hubrids, not, not hybrids, <laughs> they're hubrids because they look so much like you and I. Um, so, and then that goes back to what you uh, said earlier about the fact that you know eventually. Uh, uh, we will be them, and them will be us, and <laughs> and and uh, the twain shall meet. <laughs> <laughs> See, and then uh, this kind of connects into something that I brought up on a round table I did uh, about a year ago or so when it comes to uh, alien abduction, that it may be what plays into uh, cattle uh, mutilation too, because it seems like they usually take the blood and they take the womb as two, two of the normal things they end up taking. So my my idea was possibly that maybe they were taking the wombs so that they could create synthetic wombs. And I know that they use cow blood sometimes for surgery because it can be interchanged sometimes with human blood. So maybe they're using it to create synthetic wombs because, you know, depending on which way the hybrid turns out, I'm assuming that maybe it's down to a complete science, like you said, but maybe sometimes there's little differentiations that happen. And if you're thinking about like the normal depiction of like a grape, for example, it seems like the head would be too big possibly for a female to naturally give birth to. So maybe they have to take right. them earlier before they get to that size, or if they're hybrids and they possibly grow faster, um, they have to take them before that so it doesn't end up destroying the female in the process of it, and instead they can actually birth it from a synthetic womb. Right. 
No, that's that's a good point. I mean, uh, uh, you know, of course, uh, there's all kinds of theories about why why these cattle mutilations are going on. Besides, uh, you know, tasty treats. You know, for, <laughs> they have a yen for a tongue and uh, and and other parts that they usually take. Uh, but uh, no, that I mean, it, it's totally possible, Shane. I mean, it, you know. Again, we don't have definitive answers, but it, it, it's it's a certainly a possibility. It's certainly a possibility. Yeah. So uh, I know that you said you only had about an hour. So um, at, at some yeah. point, I would absolutely love to have you back on the show because this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. And I also do another podcast For called sure. Bizarre Encounters that we dive into this kind of stuff. And I do it with one of my co-hosts uh-huh. who is also a UFO researcher. So I think it'd be a lot of fun to have you over on that side, too, at some point. I'd be happy to do it. Happy to do it. That'd be great. So uh, also, before we start uh, closing up, I always like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So if there was any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners today, uh, what might it be? Yeah. Well, I think one of the most important things uh, as far as I'm, you know, with my organization uh, and what we do is if you know of anybody out there uh, that has had an experience and is looking for help, uh, please send them our way. Uh, just have to go to opusnetwork.org, uh, and uh, uh, there's a place in there, uh, there's a support button that you can hit that, and uh, we only ask you a few questions, um, and then we'll, we'll get in touch with you within 72 hours. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're looking to be put into the support group, we can do that, or if you're looking for a, a, a mental health practitioner or a hypnotherapist, uh, we can help in that regard, and then we also have that triage group. So, again, if you yourself are having an issue uh, and would like some help or you know of somebody that's, that uh, is having an issue, and uh, we, would, we would love to uh, try to help them out. And then also, we are also looking for more mental health practitioners and hypnotherapists, certified hypnotherapists, uh, licensed uh, mental health practitioners. So if you are listening and you are one of those people, Get, get a hold of us. There's a contact button on our site. You can contact us and, uh, and uh, you know, get my book, <laughs> which helps the organization. We're a nonprofit, so uh, we, we, we basically uh, live on donations. So uh, we have an agreement with Amazon that uh, when a book is sold, that uh, uh, those funds uh, are, are funneled to us. Uh, and so uh, we appreciate that. And that's the unknown other and the existential proposition of alien contact under Lester Velez. Yeah, you can see me on, on Amazon. So those are my words of wisdom in a, in a plug. <laughs> and uh, just out of curiosity for the plug too, um, is your book only available on Amazon or do you also sell it through your website? Because I know some people like to get signed copies of books. So I was just curious if that was an option for people too. Yeah, yeah. It's, bas- it's basically the way it's set up right now. Uh, you can go on our website and uh, the book is there. But when you hit, hit the, the icon for the book, it takes you directly to Amazon. So, um, but if you're interested in getting a signed copy, uh, you can contact me through through the uh, website, and then I can uh, uh, make make arrangements accordingly. Awesome. So uh, I'll have to talk to you about it after the show, but I'd love to pick up a signed copy for myself because I absolutely love uh, getting signed copies of books. But uh, for the time being, I appreciate you making the time coming on the show. And I'm looking forward to setting something else up again because I know that there's a lot more interesting stuff we can dive into. And as far as all the disclosure stuff happening, who knows what might happen the next couple months to have even more different stuff to dive into. 
Absolutely. Thank you again, Shane. Appreciate it. By the way, and, and I and I appreciate what you and, and, and the people like you uh, that have shows like this are doing because it's getting the word out. And uh, this is a, a, something we've never had before. You know, all these podcasts and all these people that are doing shows like this, it, it's, it's opening up the general public to, to, to really better understand uh, the various phenomena that are occurring out there. So, again, thank you, uh, Shane, for what you do. Thank you so much. Actually, just something I kind of funny I wanted to mention uh, since you brought that up. Um, I've had a couple buddies that live, you know, in the deep south. Uh, you know, they're just regular country boys that are just going out hunting every night, doing whatever. And they've made comments saying things like, you know, if it wasn't for podcasts like this, if it wasn't for uh, documentaries that are out now and all the accessibility to all of this type of information that's out now and the people that are openly talking about this information, he's like, who knows where I, where I would possibly be? Like, you know, this, this information is reaching people that are in the middle of nowhere at this point. So now it's becoming a point where people who have had experiences for years that never want to mention a word about it to anybody, they now know that there's a group of people that they can be comfortable enough to come up to that will make it so that they can get, get it off their chest and actually do some research into it rather than, you know, how it used to be before all of this type of stuff happening that, you know, people were able to read books and stuff at the library, but they didn't necessarily have a means of contacting somebody directly or knowing that there's a whole group of community or a whole community that is more than willing to hear them out and not call them crazy for their experiences. And that goes exactly. across extraterrestrials, cryptids, paranormal, all that stuff. Like it's helping all of the different topics all at the same time. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review or a rating for the show on iTunes or Spotify. And if you guys leave a five-star review, I will read on the show and, of course, give you guys a big shout-out. And if you don't want to do that or you guys have already left a review or a rating, don't forget to share the show through word of mouth. It's an awesome way to organically continue to help the show grow. Uh, and you guys can even share the clips uh, from YouTube or TikTok, get somebody into a couple men to the show, might even extend to them listening to the entire episode of the show. And uh, if you guys uh, want to support the show in another way, you guys can always hit auto download in any of your podcatcher apps. Uh, that'll make it so that it counts as a listen. Again, helps out the algorithm, makes it so that more people are able to see the show. So there's a lot of awesome ways to be able to support the show that are absolutely free to you. And if you guys do that, I greatly appreciate it. And again, if not, I just appreciate you guys listening to the show and supporting the show through uh, the past couple of years and soon to be hitting the second year, of course. And uh, if anybody has any encounters they'd like to report, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter what it pertains to, weird phenomenon, extraterrestrials, uh, cryptids, paranormal, any of that fun stuff, if you guys want to report your encounter, you guys can do so through OMM Encounter Reports at Outlook.com. Or you guys can go to the link tree, fill the submission form, and that will go directly to that specific email. And uh, depending on what you want to do with your encounter, whether you want to share it on the show, uh, remain anonymous, uh, have me come and investigate it, or simply you just want somebody to talk to about it and you want to leave it between us, that's totally fine too. Uh, we can have a little bit of back and forth as far as that goes. But again, don't forget to uh, report your encounters to OMM Encounter Reports at Outlook.com. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any other reason whatsoever, you guys can do so through social media. Instagram and Facebook are the ones that I'm the most active on. Or you guys can email me at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. Or you can go to the link tree, fill the submission form for that, and that will, of course, go directly to my email. And uh, everything that I mentioned is all available in the link tree, which is available down in the show description. And with that, hope you guys enjoyed the conversation, and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.